dear ones. You're listening to the What God Is Not podcast with Father Michael O'Loughlin and Mother Natalia. Hello, listeners. Father Michael, today's episode is Mother Natalia's, and she is talking about tenderness, um, examples of giving it, of receiving it, of the Mother of God and the icon of tenderness, um, how our Lord uh, desires us to receive His and to give it to others. And as she ties that into scriptures and icons, etc. A really beautiful episode from a really beautiful heart that she has. If you are a hashtag banter hater, go ahead and skip ahead five minutes and 20 seconds from the end of this recording. Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory forever. Um, I have nothing to say. I kind of like panicked when you hit the record <laughs> button because I was like, ah, I don't have anything to say right now. Um, I'm trying to think of a fun story. Um, I'm not fun at all. I don't have any fun stories. <laughs> Father Michael, can you tell a I'm, fun I'm, story? I'm greatly enjoying this. No, this is this is the best band we've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so uncomfortable right now. Why? I don't honestly. I'll, I'll, I'll. I won't. I won't let you continue. Only because. Only because. Thank you. Like. My my heart does hurt for you, as funny as I think it is. Um, but I I'll, I also know that that you can you can take it very well. <laughs> but it's it's like it's like one of those times that we talked to this on the the Culture of Bears podcast when we went we went and did a we went and did an escape room, and I didn't I've never done escape rooms before, and now I know how they are or at least how they were in this experience, but. They, the girl running it, who was not talking, she was kind of growling at us various times. She walks out and she just like tries to push mother into this closet. And oh now I think, I don't think you'd ever been to a escape room either, no. have you, mother? No. No. So we didn't know that you get pushed into closets. We didn't know that you get separated. I mean, from the group. So also, we're like, also we're, oh. I had specifically told the friend who set this up. I just don't want to do one that's scary. And she's like, oh, this one's not scary. Turns out it's the scariest one she had. And she hired two <laughs> extra actresses and said, and I yes. quote, actually, no, I can't give the actual quote. She says, scare the crap out of them. Um, so probably I think normally in escape rooms, they don't just shove someone into a closet. Anyways. Continue. I do want to say that in this escape room, the the actresses were amazing. They like, were amazing. Especially once they... They were so amazing that when they were acting, when they were playing their part, you couldn't like you. I just thought these are really weird girls. Like they're they're and but then as soon as they broke character at the end, I'm like, oh, they're 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 kind of sweet and normal. But the way they were <laughs> acting the whole time, like man, these are they found the right girls because these are just like mean, scary, depressed women. But they're like, ah, thank you guys. That was a great one at the end. Um, but but the moment that she grabbed mother because mother was the first one that they put in a closet, like separated from us. Like I saw the look on your face, mother, and like my dad, my dad kicked yeah. in. Like I, I was like, oh no! I, I almost like I wanted to break character. I like say to the girl in the fourth wall, like, oh no, no, she's not the type of person you do this with. Like I, I know this might be funny for some people, but just don't do it with her because the the look of like unease and panic, and then you get stuck in there. And then just to humble me, you get out, and then you get mad at me for letting it happen. I'm like, I tried, I tried to stop. It. Oh my gosh, I was so mad at you. I was like, I can't enough. believe you let them do that to me. Oh, and I forget why I finally let it happen. So I think we're gonna have either, to work through that one day. Yeah. Um, I think, okay. I think. Go ahead. Go ahead. I think what I thought it was was I didn't realize that it's part of the game. Like you, we needed you back there to to help us with the game. I thought it was just like. I'm going to lock you in a closet to scare you. I so I didn't realize it was part of the game. So as soon as I realized somehow that it was part of the game and I probably you did too, that's when I was like, okay. So the look on your face just now was similar to that. Like, uh-huh. I don't like this. I'm scared. <laughs> so I decided to jump in, sorry. I appreciate that. That's actually going to tie in really sorry, well to our so um that's going to tie in really well to my topic. Be- so but um what's funny is when I've told people that story about that escape room, they're like well, usually escape rooms have like a, a panic button that you can press when you're like really uncomfortable. Because I tell them like I was in that closet and I was like, I'm either going to throw up or I'm going to wet my pants or I'm going to pass out. I'm like, all of these things are happening to me. And they were like, there's usually like a button you can press. Like, I'm surprised they didn't have one of those buttons in there. And I was like, oh, they totally had one of those buttons in there. And they're like, yeah. well, and you didn't press it. And I was like, oh, like my pride outweighs 
any other emotion that I have. (laughs) Absolutely. I didn't press the button. Um, No, I would have passed out. I literally would have passed out before pressing that button. Um, I would have thrown up in the closet before pressing that button. Um, This is not virtue. This is not courage. This is pride. I want to be very clear with everyone about that. Um, Oh yeah. I did. I did that when I got in that scooter wreck in Rome. I like, I crawled out from underneath the car. I pulled my scooter out from underneath a different car and I got back on it and rode off because I was so embarrassed of having wrecked on my scooter that I'm like bleeding profusely out of my knee and left arm. And all these bystanders are like trying to get me to lay down and take me to the hospital, make sure I'm not dying. And I just like zip, go zipping off on this now severely handicapped scooter that I had just scooted along the ground. And I was like, okay, that was total pride. Um, yep. So, so I get it, mother. Glad I we're both it. such prideful people <laughs> leading this podcast. <laughs> All right. So, uh, what I want to talk about, I don't really like, I have a few little hodgepodge things that I want to mention, but maybe it's not all very like knit together very well. But I want to talk about tenderness. And I think that the reason that ties in really well to what you're saying is because, you know, when you're like, I want to keep this going because it's funny, but also like, you know, my heart and you can read my face and you're like, I can't do that to you. Like that, (laughs) that tenderness, um, like that's kind of a silly example of it. And I want to use some more examples, but, um, but honestly, like your tenderness with me has been, um, one of the most healing things, not just from relationship with you, but like one of the most healing things in my life. And, Um, as I was at this Theology of the Body retreat um, that I mentioned a couple episodes ago, when I was at this retreat, it was Theology of the Body and Spiritual Direction. And like I said, it was taught by Father Boniface, um, Father Boniface Hicks, who's uh, a dear friend, a father figure to me in some ways, a brother figure to me in some ways. Um, I don't really know what he is to me, actually. I had this conversation with him during the retreat. We're talking and I was like, I don't really know what you are, but I love you, um, which is a weird thing to say. It's fine. So, but the the retreat was amazing. His his um, his teachings were amazing because he's amazing and he's so knowledgeable. Like, um, and he has so much to share. And but like the best part of the week for me, the part that was. Um, maybe the most transformative, the part that was the most, um, I guess like the greatest education of it wasn't his teachings. It was his tenderness. And, and that's both the tenderness that he had in teaching the class, but also one-on-one, um, because it's one of his greatest gifts. And I really think that it's something that each of us needs to like foster within ourselves. It's something that each of us needs to, to work on this, this capacity to be tender with others because tenderness can be so healing. Um, and like even more than the words that we have to offer people, even more than, um, the, the direction or the advice that we have to offer people very much just like being able to receive and to empathize and to be tender with someone is often, um, like really what they need more than anything. And uh, it was, this was like, I've, I've told some people that um, this was, so this is the fifth Theology of the Body retreat I've been to. And it was the most intense for me. And it was the one that I expected to be the least intense um, because I was like, oh, because I'm a spiritual director and so I'm going to go to this TOV and spiritual direction course and I'm going to learn about how to be a better spiritual director and I'm going to learn these strategies and these tactics and these like ways of whatever. And um, and so I'm going there for my spiritual children. And then I get there and I'm like, oh my gosh, actually Jesus wants to spend this week healing all of these things inside of me, which I wasn't prepared for. And I wasn't prepared for all of these things to come up. And I go to Father Boniface having an emotional breakdown um, as I do. I I think this like really comes out around you and Father Boniface, Father Michael, because it's like, I feel like whenever I'm around you guys, I'm having an emotional breakdown. And then 
that sort of leads to this insecurity of like, they're going to think I always have emotional breakdowns and I really don't, but it always happens when I'm around them. And so then I was like, well, why is that? And I think part of it, I'm rambling now, but I'll get to a point eventually, maybe. Um, I think part of it's like, you know, when you're in college and you're just, you go, 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 go. And then you finally are on break. And like, when you go home for break, you get sick and then you're sick for the whole break and you're like, this stinks. Why didn't I get sick while I was at school? But I think there's something about like your body's just like, I have to power through. I have to do this. And then the minute you take a second to just rest, your body's like, okay, now you need to actually, um, by the way, you're sick. And, um, and I think that's what happens around you and Father Boniface is I just kind of power through life. And then I'm in this place of such safety, um, that my, like my heart is like, okay, now all of the like nasty stuff that's been in you can actually come out because there's someone here who um, is safe for those things to come out with. Um, So Mm. um, yeah. And it is beautiful. Like I, I think that um, there really is something of, yeah. And as I, as I've been trying to understand what's happening there. Like the only word that I've been able to use to describe it is tenderness. Um, because I know that neither of you would ever intentionally hurt me, would ever like wound my heart intentionally. Um, and, and so that causes like this feeling of safety, um, in me and, and has also just been so healing because it's very much a reflection of God, the father's tenderness and of the tenderness of the Theotokos. Um, and so that's kind of what I want to talk about the tenderness of the father, the tenderness of Mary and, um, and how we're called to, to imitate that. Um, basically, do you have anything to say before I. So I was just thinking of the definition of tenderness I think that it like when we talk about uh, like a, a tender shoot of a of like a new plant, mm. it means it's it's very fragile. You know, there's something, and I think I, I think a tenderness is in a sense an acknowledging of something's fragility mm. or or acting acting in a way that is that is gonna that is not gonna be harmful to something that is fragile. Um, and so I, I just I, I think that that's. The, the the when we become vulnerable, so there's all these different words here. When we become vulnerable, we we're in a sense saying, "I'm I'm real. I'm revealing the parts of me that are fragile, mm-hmm. and and there's a risk there, of course, with vulnerability. And so I become vulnerable with somebody. That's what you said that the way you are, mother, with with Father Boniface and I. There's like you're you're showing your fragile side, um, and you feel comfortable. I'm of course very very honored by that. Um, you're showing the the fragile side, and the, so the the tenderness that is a response to that is just an acknowledgement of it, and a a but there there's a there's a side of that that you acknowledge it, but you also yeah maybe, maybe it is just acknowledging it because the example I had um, there was one time someone approached me, um, and I and. They they approached me and they started sharing things that were very vulnerable about their life. I didn't know this person at all, but they were they were very um, they were very like you could see that they weren't sure whether to share these things or mm-hmm. not. So they're very hesitant, and but then eventually they kind of shared everything, even just in in the first conversation. And I think this is one of the beauties of the priesthood. Um, but one of the things, one of the the things that they shared was um, just, uh, and again, I don't want to say too much. Like there was a, a physical manifestation of their brokenness. Let's just put it that way, and like a, a very obvious physical manifestation that they showed me. And I'll just like just say it was on their on their arm or on their hand, right? So there's this there's this obvious something there. And and it was just it was so heart wrenching. And mm-hmm. so, at the end of the conversation, this person was showing so much, so much. What we talked about last time, the last episode, there was like this this fear, this. But it was it was evil. Mm-hmm. It was it was a demonic fear. It was like a fear, a distance, 
that 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 this person assumed between between goodness and them they were just they had a lot for a lot of a lot of self hatred and that was part of the problem and so at the end i just had this this instinct to to like take their hand and kiss their hand mm-hmm. kind of where, where the physical wounds were it's like as just after the blessing like as a goodbye and they had the most amazing response mm-hmm. and the response was they started crying and said thank you jesus like it wasn't about me mm-hmm. it wasn't about what I, I like, like that was a gift from Jesus, and it was like I, I saw that as as a as like a moment of tenderness, but it was it was a, it was acknowledging not really their fragility, but their but the, the vulnerability of letting me see, um, letting me see a side of them that was was more vulnerable, and the the response was just so obvious. Um, the response was so. Obvious that they felt that they their their vulnerability had been their vulnerability had been appreciated and and not mocked, not abused, not manip- not used to manipulate. Um, and and I I just I I could not have thought of I don't even know what response I wanted. I was a little bit afraid that that there was going to be an aversion to that, mm-hmm. just because of the touch or the self hatred or whatever. But but. I was hoping I was hoping for like an appreciation, but the appreciation of thanking Jesus was incredible. Mm. And I was like, I want to be like you when I grow up. Like I, I want I want people to do something for me. And when I see them do it for me, I thank Jesus for it. Like immediately, immediately. And I like I say thank you to them, but I also before even saying thank you to them, I thank you, I thank Jesus for letting you do something for me that I can appreciate. It was, it was, it was beautiful. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the thing is like, I think that's why we need this tenderness fostered within us for others because, and, and for ourselves, honestly, like we need to be tender with ourselves, but, um, fostered within us for others is because, um, like we need to be able to see what maybe like the one sharing sees as ugly like we need to be able to see that quote unquote mm-hmm. ugliness um, and see mm-hmm. the beauty and the wound from which it's coming forth. Um, and if we can see the wound and be like a tender carer of the wound, instead of focusing on like the ugly manifestation, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's like we talked about with um, a couple episodes ago with with the guy from the NPR interview, and and it's like I don't feel any like judgment of him I actually just I pity him um and and I love him and and that's how we need to to be able to be with someone um because maybe this person has never actually been received in what they see as their ugliness um maybe they've never had anyone who can actually see the wound from which this pus is flowing forth um and so, anyways, um, I did want to share. I love some... the fact. Sorry, I love the fact that Jesus shows them his wounds when he walks into the room after his resurrection. Like he mm-hmm. literally, the wounds, the sign of his immense suffering and death. He walks in and almost boasts of them. Like, and yeah. I really do think that in our resurrected bodies, we're going to have these wounds whether they're psychological, physical, mental, whether they're hidden or obvious, we're going to have these wounds that when we cross through that door into heaven and we, we encounter people that these wounds kept us separate from or, mm-hmm. or that we would have hidden, like we're going to, we're going to show them, like I'm going to, I'm going to walk in and I'm going to show this person who hurt me so much. We're both in heaven. <laughs> we're both doing mm-hmm. great. Thank God. Like an act of forgiveness, since that's already been done since I'm in heaven, is going to be, I'm going to show him or her the wounds and they're going to show me their wounds. And it's going to be like this, look what Jesus did. Like he got us through these wounds, these wounds that in, in the world were so damaging. We were afraid of them. We were ashamed of them. Um, they, they, they kept us from our best. And now look at these, look what Jesus did. We're in heaven. Like, like we, we are in paradise like uh, and look what jesus did like we won't even say look what i did like like look at these wounds jesus did so much to heal these wounds you know and 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 so we'll like walk around just showing everybody all of them not for not to boast but to boast of christ to boast of the cross well, and that will be the beauty of heaven but also like we're called to start like 
attaining yeah. the resurrection here on earth. Like where where yeah. we can't have it in its completeness, but we can help one another to to see the glory in those wounds now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like Bishop Kurt gave a really beautiful homily. I think I've mentioned it before on the podcast, but a beautiful homily at Holy Thursday um, in Parma this year. He was talking about how, he was talking about the wounds of the church. Like the church is the body of Christ and even though the church is the body of Christ and we all acknowledge that, um, we still tend to approach the church as like expecting it or wanting it to not have any wounds. Like we want, we want the body of Christ to not have wounds and that's not how it works. Like if we're the body of Christ, like you're saying, Jesus's resurrected body still had the wounds. Um, and so like, we need to not shy away from the wounds, but, but to be able to like, help heal them when they're not yet healed and then um, like be a vessel of healing, but then also to be able to, um, to see, see the glory in those healed resurrected wounds. Um, Yeah. And that's Um, so important because people that, people that criticize us in the church because of her wounds, they don't obviously understand that. They don't understand that these are these are wounds in the process of being healed. I love those images of you know you don't you don't you don't make fun of or you shouldn't make fun of a heavy person at the gym, you know, because they're there to be fixed, right? They're they're there because they're trying to to not be heavy anymore. Um, in the church, that's why we're there. You know, you don't you you should not make fun of a sinner at church, but unfortunately, the devil has convinced people that the church is for saints not for sinners, you know, and oh, you're a bunch of hypocrites. Well, of course, that's why we're there. We're there because we struggle with being hypocrites and we're trying to be healed of this hypocrisy. That's why we're there. So we, we, we've lost sight of the fact that the church, the body of Christ is a place for the wounded to find healing. So especially of course, in the resurrected body, which is what we receive and what we are. Yeah. Um, so I, I want to share, because as I was, um, as I was thinking of the word tenderness, um, one of the one of the first things that then came to mind in our um, our Eastern theology is the, um, of course, the tenderness icon, um, and um, so this is this is the icon you'll see of Jesus holding Mary. Sorry, that's weird. Mary holding. Well, it's not weird, but that's not the icon. Anyways, Tormition. Mary holding Jesus, and Jesus um, has his cheek just like gently um, up against Mary's cheek, and and it's just like you look at it, and you're just like, oh, because it's so. Anyways, it's called um, Our Lady of Tenderness or the Tenderness Icon, um, and uh, there are different versions of this icon all over the world, um, and um. But the the kind of the like most well known of this image um, is the Vladimir icon of the Mother of God. So it was brought from Byzantium to Kiev um, around 1130. I'm reading this. If I'm being honest, I'm just reading this off of something. Um, I can't give you the source because I don't know where I'm I got just, it from. I'm just going to show our Patreon members here that can see. Like, oh yes. So that's the the Vladimir icon, the tenderness icon, um, and. So, but here, this is the part that I didn't know about it when I looked it up. So the original icon was restored, but the figures of the Theotokos and the child Christ have been preserved. That's fine. So um, elements of their attire are also visible. But here's the very cool thing that I didn't know about. The icons reversed, the, the icons reverse side, um, the, the original icon of the Vladimir icon of the mother of God, the reverse side depicts the the prepared throne and the instruments of Christ's passion. Um, mm. And so then the, like this Our Lady of Tenderness carries this sorrowful connotation. And I think that's, um, that's the beauty of, it's like bringing together what you're saying, Father Michael, like what you were originally saying about tenderness um, and this like fragility um, along with the tenderness of like seeing the fragility of the other and wanting to protect that. Um, I think that very much comes through in this tenderness, carrying this, this sorrowful connotation is like part of tenderness is, is feeling and experiencing the sorrow of the other and like holding that with such gentleness. Um, 
and, and not shying away from the sorrow. Because I think most of the times that we're not being tender with someone, it's because we're not willing to walk through the pain with them. Um, mm-hmm. Because of our own fears, because of our own insecurities, because of our own wounds, whatever it is, like we're, we're not comfortable sitting in that with them. Um, and when we can sit in that with them, um, then that's when I think it can just be incredibly healing. And that's when you see um, the tenderness of, of Mary coming out um, within you. So. Here it is. I found it for, our, for you, Mother, and for our patrons. That's the image on the back. At least that's what, it, what Google tells me. Is that what you were thinking of, Mother? Um, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, intimacy of the passion, the altar, the throne of God. Are you having trouble with your internet, mother? Yeah, I'm not. Okay, having, I'm gonna. I'm um, gonna. Sorry, patrons. I'm gonna. I'm gonna do a little bit of thing here to to see if I can get her. You should still be able to uh, to see, but I'm just gonna. Um, hope that's better. Okay. Yeah, that's much better. Thanks. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. Sorry, guys. That's much better. So. Um, so yes, that's um thank you for for showing the patrons. I'm sorry for those of you who couldn't see it, but um maybe we can someone on the media team can find those pictures or something or we can find oh it for God. them. Probably not cuz I'm going to forget. But anyways, um yeah, I think that's <laughs> like the beauty of of tenderness is really this concept of like being willing to sit in the the sorrow with the person um and being able to just like mm-hmm. hold that there. Um and um Another, so this is what I mean by it's so disconnected. These are just like random thoughts that were coming to me as I was praying with this um, concept of tenderness. I was remembering one of my favorite quotes from one of the Desert Fathers, because we can we can think of the Desert Fathers um, as being so like strict and hardcore and just like, um, but you really like, you come across these quotes from them sometimes that express actually like very much like a gentleness and a tenderness. And and when you mm-hmm. see one of those, it's just like, oh, that's really beautiful. Um, so one of my favorites is um, from Abba. I actually um, texted Father Boniface to ask him how to pronounce this because he knows things. Um, so um, Abba Poemen um, is P-O-E-M-E-N. When I was asking Mother Gabriella how to pronounce it, um, I was like, hey, I, because I usually, anyways, I say it different every time. And I was like, how do you actually say this? And she's like, I don't know. And she's like, but maybe you could do your Fotina thing and just be like, it's P-O-E-M-E-N. <laughs> anyways, so um, Poemen, I think, is maybe how you say it. But so certain of the old men went to Abba Poemen and said to him, do you wish us, if we see brothers sleeping in the congregation, to hit them so that they wake up? <laughs> and he said to them, If I see my brother sleeping, I place his head upon my knees and I give him a place to rest upon. And I'm just like, oh, that's so sweet. Um, and... Um, so anyways, I think it's like, that's one of the things with these these quotes from the fathers is you always have to take them, like you have to understand that there's a context there and that we don't always know the context, right? Like mm, maybe yeah. maybe Abba Poiman like is because he's holy, he's seeing the hearts of these men. He's seeing their hardness of heart and he's telling them you need to be soft. Maybe if he were to see the hearts of another and like see that there's just like too much softness, he would tell them they need to be, you know. Um, but anyways, I just really like that. It just gives me this like, um, it's just this tender fatherhood that I think is lovely. Mm. But yeah. Because I would need to be smacked <laughs> to be woken up. Um yeah. Uh, the other image that came to mind is uh, we watched um, at the course, we watched Inside Out. Have you ever seen Inside Out, Father Michael? Uh, yes. Um, That's one with like every emotion yeah. has its own little uh-huh. character. Yeah. Which this, it's just like so rich. Um, mm-hmm. If you really, if you watch that movie and you're looking, for, anyways, it's just so rich. Uh, one of my favorite scenes is. Well, anyways, I don't have time to go into that because it's not relevant. But it's a really fun movie and has a lot of depth to it. And um, kind of the point of it, one of the points of it is that the 
the character Joy um, is really kind of thinking that Joy needs to rule life and that there's not really any place for other emotions, basically, especially sadness. And so um, as sadness is coming about and affecting things, Joy is just trying to kind of like protect the world from sadness, particularly to protect this little girl who's the main character from sadness. Um, And... In the end, Joy realizes that actually we need sadness in order to get to Joy and so on and so forth. And um, that sadness should not just be exiled. But uh, one of the moments um, of the movie that like is deeply moving is there's another character that's just in this place of devastation. And he's sitting and he's crying. And sadness goes and sits with him. And Joy is kind of watching and they're like in the rush. And so Joy's just like, we don't have time for this. We need to move on. We need to like keep going in life. And sadness is just kind of ignoring that, that pushiness and is asking the character like, what's going on? And, and as he's sharing, she's like, that sounds like it's really hard. And, and that's just so painful. And, you know, and, and, and Joy is just like really confused by why is this happening and why aren't we just moving on and so on and so forth. And then finally, um, after Sadness does this for a little while, the other character like kind of gets himself together. He stops crying and he says, okay, I'm, I'm ready. Like I can go now. And, um, and Joy is just completely baffled. But it's this, this realization of like what Sadness could do that Joy couldn't was just like sit with the person in their sorrow um, and and receive them in their sorrow and not condemn them for their sorrow. Like how often do we want to just say to someone like, well, just get over it, you know? Um, and especially when, when we don't see the reason for the pain. Like I think oftentimes we need to see and acknowledge pain even if we can't personally conceive of the reason for the pain. Um, like when the pain is real, um, you know, I, I shared that one time on the podcast, I think of a rare moment in which I was like really present to someone because I'm not very good at this. I'm not anyways, um, I'm easily distracted and I'm not good at being present to people and it's something that I'm trying to grow in. But, um, I was like in this rare moment, I was totally present to this person and it's someone who has like pretty severe mental incapacities. And, um, and he was sharing with me about how deeply he wants to be Catholic. Um, but he can't, and he just starts weeping, um, and like weeping and weeping and he can't be Catholic because his ex-wife doesn't want him to be Catholic and so on and so forth. And he's going on and on. And like, I know this man's mental disorders. And I know that he's never been married. He doesn't have an ex-wife. He doesn't like, none of this is a reality, but I'm also looking into his eyes as he's weeping. And I'm like, none of these things are real, Hmm. but his pain is very real. Um, And that doesn't mean that we should just like, um, that doesn't mean that we should like support unrealities or that we should um, kind of like, validate things that aren't real, but we can validate the pain and see the pain and be tender with the pain without, um, like kind of re, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not re, um, reinforcing, um, a falsity, um, because he wasn't faking the pain. Right. Um, yeah. So, yeah, the, uh, I think that's such an important thing that that's a nuance that are that we don't understand mm-hmm. is that you can like like people that are in any situation that we disagree with or that we find confusing or we find maddening um there is that need to separate I mean I I it's the same thing sorry to go back to the the escape room again <laughs> no you know, it's fine it it was it was so predictable because you chose the podcast we did on it it was so predictable that that uh, or I mean, predictable in a very surface way. That all three women were so debilitated <laughs> by fright, we were completely and all three debilitated. guys were just like totally Allie literally just ran into a wall. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, it was like it was almost like 
is this being put on? Like it was just like I were, are we faking our our It anyway, was too it was, stereotypical. It was just like. it was too exactly too stereotypical. And I thought um there there's there's a part of me that that had to sit there and I even shared this on the podcast we did the cultural bears. I had to sit there and go, I do not get that. I do not get the the fear or the fright. Like but but it's it's not like the worst thing in the world would be to be like you guys are ridiculous for having that emotion, you know. And 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 you you had some great conclusions about why that's actually helpful in certain circumstances. And whereas our whereas our kind of confidence or or to our obsession with the reality of it was a game and it was fake, um, you know, actually there's there's a debilitation there. Um, but anyway, there, there's a it, it's 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 very and that's a very surface thing that I want to share too many stories but like that's a very important thing to say let's talk about your fear not why you were afraid mm-hmm. you know and that day that time will come and it may not even be a conversation that needs to happen but there does need to be in tenderness your theme your topic um there does to need to be a let, let me try to put myself in your shoes let me try to experience or experience because this is definitely part of the of the conversation here huh. is, is why is is how you feel not only why you feel that way and I think a good example of like being tender without reinforcing an unreality or without reinforcing like bad habits or something you know one of the examples that um, one of the priests at the retreat gave I don't remember which priest but he was talking about the woman caught in adultery and um he said, like, when Jesus says, go and sin no more, um, he was like, he was like, she, I don't think he was saying this because the woman, like, needed to, to be told that in order to not do it. Like, it's, it's not mm-hmm. like, um, like, by, by everything that Jesus did in that gospel, um, he was like, I don't think the woman in any way thought that Jesus thought it was okay she did these things. I don't think that mm-hmm. Jesus was con- like she. I don't think that she thought that Jesus was condoning what she had done. Um, and and he said, I think that when Jesus said, "Go and sin no more," he said it because she needed to hear that because she needed to know that that was a possibility. Like she mm-hmm. needed to know she's probably like sitting there in self-condemnation and in thinking like, I can never be better. I can't be good. Yeah. And like, so it's it's out of a place of tenderness that Jesus is saying that. Like he's saying, you're yeah. capable of this. Um, you are made for this goodness and, and, and you can have it. Um, and uh, I don't know, that was just really, that was really powerful for me because it, it's not like, um, it's not like his tenderness with her in that scene was in any way telling her that it's okay to commit adultery, right? And I don't yeah. think she would have misunderstood it to be that. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Um, the last thing, so I want to share one more thing, and then if you have any, just so I can get through all of them. Um, that's not true. Two more things. One is that... Um, I think also this this tenderness and this being present to someone, it doesn't always mean time. Um, like, I don't want people to think that just because I don't have the time to give someone that um, I can't I can't help them to feel seen and help them to feel received. Um, as long as we're clear that, like, we don't necessarily have the time to give, um, it, it just requires an authenticity and a sincerity, you know? Um, like Father Boniface was describing how, I think it was Father Boniface, was describing how St. John Paul II like really had this quality. You know, people talk about how um, he would have like a five second encounter with someone, but just by his gaze, like this person feels the tenderness of a father. Like this is the tenderness of a shepherd for his flock. Um and um, and Saint John Paul II was really good at making these these intimate points of connection, even when he had to like swiftly go through a crowd. Um, and it was funny to me that Father Boniface is talking about Saint John Paul II in this because I'm sitting here thinking like, well, this is Father Boniface. Um, <laughs> you know, like Father Boniface is very much the type of like when he is looking at you. Um, and I've shared this on the podcast before. It's like you are the only person in the world, and. Um, and every person, this is how he is with, right? Like it's not, um, 
And, and you can know this is how he is with everyone and you still feel particularly loved. Mm. Like he really manifests um, the, the tenderness of the father in that way. Um, and which is just an inspiration for me to like, I, I want people to experience my gaze and, and to feel that love um, the, way, the way that I do in those situations. Um, and then the last thing, uh, the chaplain for the course was, was my friend, um, Father Ryan Mann. And um, on the, for, for Mass on the last day in his homily, on the last day of the retreat in his homily, he was talking about the, as, as we're going out, back out into the world, he was talking about um, Jesus sending, um, saying that he's sending the disciples out as sheep among wolves. And, um, and Father Ryan's point was, he said, um, he's sending you out as sheep among wolves and he's asking you to stay a sheep, um, like to be a sheep among the wolves and not to become a wolf. And, um, and as I, I looked up that verse and, um, and some of the commentary on it by St. John Chrysostom, um, that I thought was, was really beautiful. He says, um, he's talking about how he bids them to have the gentleness of sheep. Um, and I think this is very much like this tenderness that I'm talking about. Um, he says, for thus shall I best show forth my might when sheep get the better of wolves and being in the midst of wolves and receiving a thousand bites so far from being consumed, do even work a change on them, a thing far greater and more marvelous than killing them, to alter their spirit and to reform their mind. And this being only 12, while the whole world is filled with the wolves. Let us then be, ash- let us then be ashamed who do the contrary, who set like wolves upon our enemies. For so long as we are sheep, we conquer. Though 10,000 wolves prowl around, we overcome and prevail. But if we become wolves, we are worsted. For the help of our shepherd departs from us. For he feeds not wolves, but sheep. Mm. And he forsakes, well, anyways, um, that's, um, that's, there's a lot longer part of the quote. But, um, but I just think it's beautiful because it's like, that's actually like we're tempted to become wolves when we're out in the midst of wolves. And I I think it's not because we feel like we need to be like others so much as like, kind of like you were talking about in the be not afraid episode. Um, It's because we start to feel threatened and we feel like gentleness and tenderness is not going to protect us from the threats. And so we start to become wolves ourselves, to lash out, to protect, um, because our own heart is not being treated with tenderness. And um, and so it's just like, it's one of those beautiful paradoxes that we talk about in Christianity of it's by our gentleness that, that we're going to be able to um, withstand and conquer the wolves. It's not by becoming a wolf and, and besting them in that way. Um, and I really love that line from John Chrysostom, for he feeds not wolves, but sheep. Like Jesus says to Peter, feed yeah. my sheep. Um, and, and, and I know and my sheep and my wolves. sheep know me. And what do you say? And he casts away the yes. wolves. Like he's there to push them yeah. away. Yeah. Um, so, um, Anyways, I don't know. I feel like none of that was connected really so much to each other. And it's, but it's all just things that I, I just, just, I want everyone to be tender. And, and I know that like <laughs> one of the things I, I don't have this gift perfected in the way that I see it in, in some other people, but like I do know that I, I feel this tenderness um, with sincerity. Um, for a lot of the people that the Lord puts in my life. And, you know, we have listeners who reach out and they email and they say like, you know, I like, I know it's crazy because you've never met me, but I really feel like you're speaking to me. And I really feel like you love me. And I really feel like, um, you know, and like, and it's not crazy because it's just true. Like it's, I, I do like, mm-hmm. I pray for our listeners with a motherly heart and, um, 
and I have that tenderness for them. Um, and I, I do really like, I don't know. I don't take for granted the, the gift of, um, of all of these people that in some way the Lord has like given me to mother. Um, and, and I, yeah, I guess that's what I want to say. I didn't really let you talk much. Sorry, not sorry. I talked in the beginning. It's good. It's all good. Yeah, no, that was great. I I think that that's also a topic that is is very you. Which is really good. I don't and know. So, I don't know what that means, Father Michael. <laughs> no, it it just means you, you have an insight when you receive it and when you give it. That is is you you you're very intentional about that, mm. and that's a good thing. You're intentional about receiving it. You're intentional about giving it. Um, you you know what a beautiful thing that can be in the life of those you care for because you received what a beautiful thing has been in your own life. Um, and so I, I think you're the best person in a sense to to speak on it. Um, and you know, I had like the experience, as I said, the beginning of, of moments where I felt our Lord invited me into, and it seems he did. Um, and of course with you and my other spiritual children all the time. Um, but yeah, I thought that was, thank you for reflecting upon something that is oftentimes, um, either there or not. Mm. And, and I don't know how many people pray for the, the gift of tenderness of receiving it or giving it. Um, but that's definitely something we should be praying for uh, again on both ends that we receive it when we need to receive it. And probably even more so that we are able to give it when it's asked of us by God or, or the person receiving. Um, great. Well, I want to give some shout outs to our patrons. Um, I'm sorry also if anyone is sad that we had three short episodes in a row, but we really needed to for the sake of Mother Natalia's um, monastic schedule. And so thank you for bearing with that. Some people are probably like, thank God they... Um, Father Michael's yawning over here. That's fine. Uh, anyways, so um, five shout-outs to... Oh, I didn't mark the last ones as... Okay, I think this is where I left off. Um, Tracy H. from Oklahoma. Um, I want to say her last name because it's fun, but I won't because we're trying to help people who want to be anonymous. Uh, James R. from Colorado. Woo-woo! Uh, Greg F. also from Colorado. Represent... Star G, oh, I understand. Star G from Idaho. Um, and John N from Ohio. I really like when I see Ohio and Colorado people on here. I mean, I like people in general, but uh, anyways, thank you all for supporting <laughs> our, um, our nonprofit, Fotina, where we um, try to um, serve the poor, serve the church, uh, support other Christian ministries, um, who are also like doing a beautiful job of evangelization. And you can check out our nonprofit, um, fotina.org. That's P-H-O-Tina.org. And, um, you can find us on Patreon, What God Is Not. We're on all of the listening places, and we're on all of the um, social medias. That's not true. We're not on like TikTok or whatever's. Yeah, that's why I cried myself. Well, no. Oh, um, well, we're on TikTok Instagram and Facebook, which are probably just what old people use now, but that's fine because we're kind of old um, at this point. And uh, you can, we're on YouTube, audio only, praise the Lord. Um and uh, Goodreads are all the places that you should go. Um, and we will give prayer intentions now. Um, Chris, if you would like to give a prayer intention, if you look in your bottom right corner of your screen, there's two little message bubbles. If you click on that, it'll open up a chat and you can type in a prayer intention or you can email it to me if you if that's easier. Um and as they're thinking of theirs, I'm going to, um, David and Chris are backstage listeners um, because they're patrons who support us on Patreon um, so they can see us recording live. Um, I would like to um, be very selfish and ask for prayers for myself um, that I can learn to better imitate um, the tenderness of Mary in the tenderness icon. Um, 
especially in my motherhood, my spiritual motherhood, um, so that I can, yeah, be that vessel of healing um, that so many have been a vessel of healing in my own life. Um, and yes, Father Michael, prayer intention. Um, I, I thought about with this, with someone that uh, you and I both know, mother who who has who really never had a chance at understanding tenderness because they were abused before they can remember. Um, and I've I've known I've known now multiple people, including someone that came to mind that I've I've met more recently. So just praying for those who who never felt the tenderness that is so essential to our proper upbringing when we're children, and especially if there's been abuse from before they can remember, then it's it's that tenderness is just in my experience, it's very hard to find a foothold for it because there's nothing to compare it to. Like we oftentimes think when we think of tenderness, we think of the way that our parents treated us. And if we didn't have that, um, we don't, I think tenderness is, 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 has trouble finding a foothold. Maybe it's over sexualized or it's just, it's, it, 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 it doesn't find its proper place because of, of abuse or trauma, whatever it may be. So just for those, especially the two people that I have in mind, um, uh, we'll call the second one Claire, not her real name. Um, we'll call her Claire. If you could pray for Claire, uh, that that she receives that from God, um, and if God knows it'd be helpful, then from others as well, but especially from our Lord, from His Mother, etc. Thank you. Um, as I was typing in that prayer intention into the spreadsheet, I noticed that you put in a hashtag for this episode to mock. <laughs> The way that I say wolves, <laughs> I tried really hard to say it correctly. So hard. You said it three different ways over the course of the I podcast. Said, I was it's because I was trying. <laughs> You said woofs, woofs, and then like you got the L in a little like wolves. <laughs> the one time I just said wolf, it was singular. Whatever, it's fine. Just mock me. It's fine. Um, okay, and then. Um, I and then prayer intentions from our um, two backstage listeners, um, David for the priest at his home parish who is being installed as pastor, that God gives him the grace to lead and guide with tenderness. Um, and for um, Chris asks for prayers for a fellow parishioner slash friend who recently passed away, eternal memory. So, um, yeah, so all of those. Um, Father Michael, it's always good to be with you. Thank you for your love and your gentleness in my life. So, of course, thank you for being for needing tenderness and yet being open to me, making fun of you every once in a while, (laughs) and the way you say (laughs) things. Absolutely. Can you give us a blessing? May I bless you and keep you. Cause His face to shine upon you. Have mercy on you. May you understand well what tenderness is and may you receive it well. Um, May you understand what vulnerability is and may you offer that as a gift when appropriate. Uh, May you also receive from others their own vulnerability and may from this come community, true community, as a preparation for the community in heaven. May our Lord give you everything you need towards that end in this great pilgrimage that we are making to theosis in union with him. May the Lord bless you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. 